All right, everyone. Welcome to the Stark and Cope Chicago Sports Show. I am Dan Stark here with my co-host, Noah Cope. Uh, we're going to do something a little different this week. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, but before we get into it, Noah, do you have uh, something that you would like to either shake off or business that perhaps is unfinished? Yeah, I got a, I got something to shake off. Um, and it's the NBA draft was, what was that, last Thursday. Um, and if you've been on Twitter or you watched the NBA draft, you've been seeing a lot of criticism of it, and rightfully so. Um, on top of the fact that the coverage, I don't think they're doing a great job with the coverage in terms of actually finding out who, like, who the prospects are themselves. Um, it's a lot of like, for whatever reason, they've pivoted to doing a lot of talking about the, like the, the kids' backstory and the family. And, you know, when, when all these kids got drafted, they had them and their parents sort of sit down on this couch, um, and they're interviewing them as opposed to really going through like they do in the NFL drafted, talking about the prospect, um, sort of expectations. If they thought it was a good pick, there, there wasn't a ton of criticism, but all that stuff aside, which I thought was bad, um, and I think I, you know, if you watch the draft and you wanted to learn about the actual prospects, you really didn't learn a whole lot about anyone. That's that's bad enough. On top of that, the NBA, and this isn't new, but they do the dumbest shit, and I don't know how they figured it out, haven't haven't figured it out, where when a guy gets drafted and it's in the midst of a trade, they don't announce the trade before the pick. So Every time a guy gets drafted to a team he's not actually going to play for, they still have that team announce the pick and then that kid put on the hat for the team he's not playing for. So there's obviously, you know, I think one of the more famous ones is Doncic wearing like a Hawks hat and Young wearing a Mavs hat on draft night. And it is just why they haven't made a change to that is it it doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, I just... I can't. The NFL does it just fine. I think every other sport does it just fine. I don't know what complexities like make it so the NBA won't change that, but it is so stupid to see these guys either talking about a team that they're not playing for or wearing the hat of a team that they're not going to play for. And as it gets further into the the draft and especially the you know the second round, all this stuff is so con like um, is is so jumbled up and complicated that even if you're really trying to follow hard on Twitter, you don't actually, you don't like, even if you're locked in, it's hard to know where these guys are going. So they have to just come up with a better system to figure out how to, to make it, it, it just a, a way more enjoyable watch because the NFL, you and I both love watching the NFL draft in the NBA. It should be this. It should be just as enjoyable and fun to watch the NBA draft. And it's not even close. Uh, yeah, I agree. I would not say I love to watch the NFL draft. I follow the NFL draft very closely, but I don't necessarily watch the actual coverage. Um, and certainly not. That first round is a fun night. It's like a fun. Yeah, but I I mean, I barely watched. I watched the Jalen Carter debacle. No, but even then, I think you were, I think I was, it was bedtime too. So that screws up everything for me. Uh, but anyway, um, I, the the hatchet drives me crazy. It's so dumb. It it's it's like some remnant of like 
the pre-digital era where it's like they know there's plenty of time to put a different hat on them. You know what's happening. It's like, oh, no, we already had the hat. Like It's as if like the hats are all coming off an assembly line and all the players are in order. And if, if like there was a mismatch, the whole the whole thing would collapse. Makes no sense. It's stupid. It's hard to follow. Like why this charade when everyone knows it's happening? I do think even at one time, like the NBA would, um, that they would have made, uh, I forget, like, I forget who they picked already. Like uh, Franz Wagner, Wagner would have put on a bull's hat. <laughs> like, right. like they, even the ones made way in advance, they would still, but I think they, maybe I'm not remembering that right. But I, yeah, I've been railing on this stupid hat shit for, for years. And the NFL actually did used to be more like that. I I, I think I, I'm pretty sure. Didn't they make Eli Manning put on a Chargers hat? Yeah, uh, I think that's right. But one of like the most exciting things, if you do are someone who likes watching the NFL draft, is seeing the backdrop change from you know yeah. one team to another. And it's like, oh my god, there's a trade. What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Like it yeah. doesn't make sense why the NBA won't do that. And if you were just a casual observer of the draft and you aren't someone who's locked in on Twitter you know, refreshing woes and refreshing, refreshing shams. You come away from the draft thinking 25 different guys got drafted to the wrong team. It's like insane. Yeah. I can't remember. There was one, there was one a couple years ago that I was all excited. Didn't, um, uh, was it Alperin? Is that how his name's pronounced? Sangoon. Yeah. Didn't he get drafted by, um, I think he might have been the, a Thunder pick. And the Rockets traded for him? Yeah, and the, the Rockets traded for him. I was like, oh, man, the Thunder guy. I mean, you know, that's a smart organization. And then he didn't even, they traded him away. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's annoying, if, especially, like I said, if you're only kind of, if you're not watching and you haven't heard the trades announced, then you think that, you can think that things are entirely different uh than they really are and speaking of the rockets um i really like their second pick yeah i was about to ask you before we pivoted what if if you just had to everyone seems to like the whitmore yeah honestly um so that the second pick was cam whitmore there were some he was i think a pretty much a consensus top six guy right like the yeah yeah, almost every mock you looked at before the draft had him at the very least in the top ten yeah, and uh, you know Pelton system, which I do put some stock in, had him as the number one, the stats based projection. He was the the top prospect ahead of Wimbanyama, which obviously, like, all right, you know that's that's. I don't think anyone's going to argue that he should have been picked ahead of Vic, but um, certainly, I I thought for sure was going to go, like I said, in that top six. And as he started dropping, I started to wonder, uh, hey, maybe the Bulls can trade themselves into yeah. the, the first round to get this guy. Um, they did end up making a trade. Uh, what did you think of the trade that they made? And I don't remember the guy's name that they picked. With yeah, the kid from round. Tennessee. Um, also don't can't remember his name at the moment. Look that up for me real quick. Yeah. I... Listen, he was a former McDonald's All-American, I think a high recruit who did not have a good year at at Tennessee. But from what it sounds like, he's a really athletic, you know, solid wing defender who can't shoot. 
which it seems like not really what they need at the moment. They've, they, you know, the one thing this team does, I, I do think this team has lacked for years and years is, is shooting. And so I guess in, in some sense, it makes sense to just at that point, go for some, you know, a high upside guy. But then at the, at that point, I'd rather them just have drafted. I don't know if you know who Amari Bailey or Armani Bates is, but to me, those are two of the guys who were, you know, I think Bates at one point was number one in his class. Yeah, he Bates was. Yeah, was in the top five. So if you're going for upside, why not? You know, take take either one of those guys. So it, it to me it it failed on the sense that if that's the direction you want to go, I understand it. But then there are two guys I like more, and he he is another one of these wing you know defenders who who can't shoot. And I th- I think they need shooting. So if they had to prioritize, you know, a, a guy who was a really really good three point shooter in college, I've been fine with that too. But um, yeah, I will say that one of the most predictive uh, things of three point shooting ability is free throws, free throw percentage. Yeah. So uh, Phillips, um, I almost said Bailey, Julian Phillips shot twenty three point nine percent from three points and that's the short you know that's the shorter college distance obviously than in the nba but he did shoot 82 percent from the line 82.2 percent all right so there's some hope there so there 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 is hope there and especially when you think about it this guy is a very athletic uh six foot eight collar guy who in high school probably didn't make a lot of was just jumping over guys uh dunking and kind of doing whatever he wants so it would make sense that he probably did not take a lot of threes in high school and who knows like he might have had some coach was like no you gotta be who knows like how these guys grew up and what they played so maybe part of it is that just was hasn't been his game or at least i'm hopeful of that uh according to this he was the 14th best prospect this is just some random. Yeah, he's thing. a McDonald's All American. I mean, he was definitely a high, yeah, a highly 14. um recruited guy coming into to Tennessee and just did not have, you know, the the best year. And probably because he 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 seems like a really raw player. Yeah. Did did Bates and Bailey get drafted? Yeah. 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 Bates, I that. think, yeah. Bates went later. I think he went to the Cavs in the fifties. Um, and Bailey, I think was a few picks after I'm not remembering. I think maybe what Bailey was like 41 ish. Um, but those are two, like, I just Bates, especially uh, his upside to me just seems, and he just, for whatever reason, has been able to figure it out, but his shot making uh, on the right night, there's like not many guys in the NBA who who have the shot making repertoire that he has. So that was just someone from, from an upside perspective that I was kind of hoping would would just fall completely out of the the draft and and they'd be able to sign him as as an undrafted free agent. Um Sonogo, who they did sign as an undrafted free agent, I mean, he's sort of like a, a an old a throwback big man. Um most outstanding player in, in the final four for for Yukon um and was probably the best player on that on that team and I did hear um, that he absolutely tore up the the combine scrimmages. I don't know how much um, how much stock you want to put into that, but I actually did kind of like that signing just based on everything that I've I've heard about him. Um, and he seems like someone who's who, who hustles, um, plays really really hard. And I think that they do need you know someone uh, um, behind 
um, Vooch, um, and I don't know if they're going to bring back Drummond or what the deal is there, but I, I actually did like that, like that move. Yeah, and I actually liked, or I don't know if liked, but I the kid that they signed as an undrafted free agent last year. Um, oh right, from from Marquette, Marquette right? Yeah. Justin Lewis. Um, yeah, and, after yeah. we started, like, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, maybe they, maybe I, I guess if one of these three guys, well, then I don't know what. How about you know, do you have any Savanovich, Marco? Yeah, I've. Uh, they don't they seem to have no faith in him. So it's hard for me to like and then they just signed a twenty four year old, I think out of Turkey too. I don't know if you saw that. No, I did not, but I don't uh, twenty four makes me think not all that good. <laughs> like if he was good, he would have signed long before he was twenty four. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um and then I just all want right. to say that my favorite my favorite draft pick was Kason Wallace to the Thunder. Um, partly because I watched a few games at Kentucky and I, I absolutely loved him um, in those, the, the two games that I saw him play. But also I, I told you last uh, in post-show at, at the end of the last pod, I'm just, if you're a guard and you went to Kentucky, the track record there over the last like 10, 15 years, it's just been so good that, that and then it, the combination of that and, and it was Presti and OKC who made, who made the pick that I think he's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, I did not watch the draft. You know the the I haven't, I don't know, and I wasn't even following. Honestly, I guess it I was did. depressing. It was depressing. Just to not to not have a pick is uh, is rough. And I did start following it. I can't. I think it was when the Warriors were picking, which was what like eighteen or or something. Who the Warriors? I just happened to like. I I just happened to. I just I don't know. I at some point I at some point I just happened to like check my phone and the Warriors were picking and Whitmore was still on the uh on the board. And I was like, oh my god, they're just gonna now they're gonna get this guy too. Like what more do these how lucky can this team get? And then they passed on him. Well, that's what really got me concerned about Whitmore and why I'm I'm still sort of you know, everyone loves the the, the Rockets pick, but you had the Lakers, Miami and Golden State all pass on him, which if there were three teams that you kind of felt like had the luxury, even if there were red flags, take him, those three teams would be pretty high up on that list. So it did give me some pause when all of them did pass on it. Well, I guess the other thing, though, is maybe there's something in those, in his uh, medicals, that says he's going to need something, some kind of procedure done sooner rather than later. And those are teams that don't want to wait around for someone to be a contributor. They need guys that they can be confident are going to be on the court now. But they also, I mean, just as, as a pure, as, as a pure piece and like prospect, you think he'd someone that, you know, who knows, who knows what, what the surgery timeline looks like. But that's someone that if you're able to play him and, and he's able to be, you know, good right away or good even in a year, that can net you a lot more value than. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you. Like, I, I. All I'm saying is I, I see what I see where you're coming from. It is a reasonable point, like not only teams that need guys, but teams that are journal. I don't know about the Lakers necessarily, but 
certainly with Miami and Golden State, teams that are well-run organizations, although Golden State had just gotten rid of their GM. So right. uh, how much credence we, we continue to put in there. Maybe, uh, what's his name, Myers does take Whitmore. I don't know. I'm just saying there are reasons why, if you thought, you know what, this guy has like a frayed ACL, he's going to blow it out within next year. Uh, maybe that's not a chance you want to take if you're the Lakers because your contending window is maybe next year. And maybe if you're lucky, the one after. But yeah, so I don't know. All right. Um, let's get to it. Uh, we have a tendency to go <laughs> to go along with these things. So I don't want to uh, delay it any further. Um, no, this was, uh, I guess I was going to give you credit, but I think this was a, kind of a, a, a combo your suggestion was let's rank the teams essentially or at yeah least- it's like a state of state of chicago sports right now in terms of where we see the the futures of of we'll see if we're able to get to all five but at least the bears bulls and and cubs um and then you sort of were a little more creative with how we're going to do this yeah so And I got even more creative. I actually do have a spreadsheet. Not that that's creative. Uh, So we are rating them on uh, roster. And this is all a scale of one to five. So you get uh, five stars or one star. I think that's a rating system people are familiar with. Uh, Roster, management, and then future. Like basically how how, um, optimistic uh, are you about this team or where they're going? those are on a scale of one to five. We multiply them all together and then multiply that by 0.8 in order to get something on a scale of 100. Uh, so are we allowing half stars or does it have to be all full? No. Yeah. Okay. You got to go full. I mean, okay. we could, but I, I don't want to get into that. Uh, so for me, I was thinking about this. What is, is there any organization that would score a perfect hundred on this, which is five, fives across the board? And I mean any organization, period, that I would look at their roster, their management, and their future and say five, five, five. The, uh, Chiefs? the Chiefs. That was the only one. That's the exact one that I thought of. That's like the, I think probably the only the one. The Dodgers, maybe? Yeah, but right now they're kind of a, I don't know if I could give them a five for their current roster. Yeah. Uh, the Do- I thought of the Dodgers. I thought of the Nuggets, actually, too. Uh, right. The Nuggets are. Yeah, the Nuggets are probably as as poised to to repeat as yeah. anyone since the Warriors were. So the Nuggets would be up there too. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, but certainly the Chiefs are kind of a, a no brainer, and as as you just proved by having the exact same idea that I have. So I actually, you know, uh, I decided let's get through this all, and I decided to start. I'm going to go in reverse alphabetical order because that puts the White Sox first. And let's just get, maybe we'll anger like our two White Sox fans by our lack <laughs> of depth of knowledge of what's going on with this, uh, with this team. Um, so let's start with the White Sox roster. Uh, what are you thinking, Noah? I went th- three out of five, which. I just because I think there there are like legitimate superstars on that roster, um, with Robert on one side and Cease on the other, and then Jimenez with a bat. I mean, the guy can't seem to stay healthy. 
but that's another guy who I think when when he's right, his his bad it can be as good as anyone. So those are three really you know really really superstar level pieces on that roster. Um, they have other nice pieces that I like. Um, Vaughn is you know is a nice bat. Ben attendee is is solid. Um, Kopech is a really really nice arm if he can you know kind of put it together and stay healthy. Um, the problem is for them the the big money signings you know Grandal and um, and Lynn where you know they've decided and I guess if you want to throw Ben attendee for this year in that where they've decided to spend the majority of their um, their their spending they've they've all been with uh, the case of of Lynn you know, pretty bad. Grandal is, is a pretty terrible, uh, you know, terrible defensive catcher at this point. Um, and Ben Attendee, we'll see if, if he can start slugging a little more, but um, so when you put that much money into three guys who are producing, you know, probably a, a war around zero, it's, it's tough to um, get really excited about the roster, but the fact that they do have three, you know, superstar level guys, I put I guess now that I'm talking it out, I'd maybe go like, I'd want it two and a half, but I'll round up to a three. Yeah. And I, I think I was a three or not even, I think I was a three on the roster. And this is a, this is a tough team because I was very high on what they were doing like three years ago. I really thought that Han was doing it right. You know, he had, I clearly uh, fleeced fleeced the Cubs. Um, and I, as I have text proof of from my White Sox fan, uh, fan friend, um, I really thought that in that uh, Quintana trade that, that, that cease was the gut punch, right? That like, you knew you were going to have to get rid of that for that guy to be the throw in. And obviously the Sox targeted him, but clearly um, Eloy was the big piece there. Uh, and so I, I really liked what Han was doing, but it's just like the wheels have completely fallen off. I forgot to even mention Tim Anderson, by the way, who yeah. is not having a good season, but he's, you know, based on what he's done pretty much every single other year of his career is, is not, I don't want to say superstar, but it's probably a tier below. Yeah. And look, I'm a, I am also an unabashed, uh, Yasmani Grandal fan, um, yeah, my dad Although, is not. What's that? My dad, who's a White Sox fan, absolutely can't stand the guy. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why I am a fan. Not because he's he's <laughs> subverting their season. Uh, but I'm just saying I'm not I'm not encumbered by his poor performance with the White Sox because I don't care. Uh he's always been a much more valuable player than he appears to be. Uh because he he used to be an elite framer, uh, his defense was very good until he came to came to the White Sox. I don't know what happened, and I also don't know how he went from walking in almost a quarter of his plate appearances. He had a twenty three point two. Yeah, his first year in Chicago, he was you in. He was, in he was on base like almost a 400 clip, I want to say. No, he had a 420 OBP when batting. He only batted 240 because right. he got a, he was walking in 20 in 375 
uh, plate appearances, he walked 87 times. That's insane. I mean, that is that is crazy. That's like a 150 walk season in a 600 plate appearance uh, season. Um, and I think it it during that season, if I'm remembering it right, there was one point where he had like almost no singles where like he had more homers, like way more. He was either walking. It was, I guess, three true outcomes. Yeah, he was either walking or yeah. homering, but he wasn't even striking out that much. His strikeout rate was lower uh, than his walk rate. But now his walk rate's down to 6.6%. It's like, how does that happen? And maybe it's that uh, teams are no longer uh, afraid to throw him pitches down the middle or throw him fastballs or whatever it was. Uh, but he's clearly lost a lot of value. But, uh, but they anyway, are, they just in terms of where they were at the end of the 21 season, they, they won the, the Central. They lost to a, a, you know, an Astros team that went on to I think, make the World Series that year. Um, I just, I've not been able to wrap my head around. La, oops, in spite of La Russa, right? That like, right. La Russa was doing completely dumb shit and they won the division anyway, or right. They did win the division. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. They won in, in 21. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They won. They won the Central. They won the division anyway. Uh, and yeah, the, but like, you know, they fired La Russa and somehow it's gotten worse. Um, it doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. a whole lot of sense. Injuries me, have definitely gotten to them, and Aloy struggles to stay healthy. Kopech has had his problems. Their bullpen has had their problems staying healthy. Um, the roster construction has been a little clunky in terms of that. You know, I think last year they had like you know, Vaughn, um, Jimenez, um, Abreu, and Sheets as sort of four guys that all seemed like they are DH or first baseman. Um, and then, like I said. Their big money signings, you know, they they signed Keuchel in that twenty one year. He was he was terrible. Um, you know, a lot of the recent big money signings haven't haven't seemed to work out. But you'd figure just with the amount of talent they have on that roster, um, and you know, I, I still like. I know Giolito had a had a down year last year, but I still like him, and he's having a bounce back year this year. So I I figured with with Cease, who was a Cy Young runner up last year, Kopech, who. I think his upside is is yeah he throws harder than anyone in right. baseball basically yeah his upside is really fucking high and then Gilio you had three pretty reliable pitches including one absolute ace and then their lineup you figure you got Anderson Jimenez Vaughn and and Robert as at least half the lineup of four guys who are really really good hitters and so yeah. it just has not made sense to me why they've been as as bad as they as they are. And I mean, they got off to such a terrible start and have basically been a 500 team since about April. But I figured that they were going to be in, in contention to, to, especially in that division. That I mean, they still, right. they that's still the could, key. They, that's they the could key. still win that division. I mean, it's still there. They go, they go on like a nine game winning streak and they're right back in it. Uh, all right. So let's, all right. So management, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, management first uh in this one i don't know it seems like they have problems with their manager he doesn't seem to be pedro Griffel. Uh, yeah doesn't seem to be getting the most out of the talent on the roster based on their performance like i said uh a few years ago i probably would have given them a four um, when it was kind of Renteria and Han, and I really was high on what Han was doing. 
Um, now I'm gonna I'm giving him a two. And look, it, the truth is, it would be a three if it weren't for Reinsdorf. That that's, that's just, why I gave him a one. <laughs> this is okay. So this is the and almost all of my management scores are knocked down by a point based on ownership. Yeah, no, that's that's why I gave him a one is because the problem with this team is that even if you know when when they seem like they had the pieces in place, there isn't a willingness by Reinsdorf to go out and actually spend on a, on a on a superstar kind of guy. They, I mean, this isn't a new stat to any White Sox fan, and it's obvious it's been floated on around on Twitter a bunch um, after the Pirates gave I want to say Reynolds a new contract. But they haven't given a single player in the history of the franchise a hundred million dollar deal. Like I don't yeah. know how you can have any faith in in management when there's such an unwillingness to to invest in the team. And like you you touched on, I liked a lot of the things that Han did, but there are also a lot of moves that he's made that have not panned out. Um, particularly, like I was saying, the win extension's not looking good. Grandal is the last year of his deal, so who knows? Ben Attendee deal's not off to a great start. Um the there's been some trades. I'm trying to trying to think like the Kimball trade didn't really work out, but didn't seem like they had to give up a whole lot. Like the recent Han track record, yeah, based on what I'm hearing, part. yeah, right, has is is definitely trending in the wrong direction. Grafol, who knows? It's possible that that locker room is just it's gone so you know, so south with uh, and it's just kind of rotten after the the Wugarusa years, um, but obviously not off to a good start. And then you couple all that with with Jerry, and it, I I just gave him a one out of five. Yeah. All right, and then so, what is your future uh, score? I went with a two, just because they do have those superstars in place, um, and so when you have guys who have are are the caliber of of Robert Cease, Kopech, Jimenez, Vaughn. Um, it does, you know, to have that nucleus does make things a little bit easier. Um, and if they wanted to sell off and they they get a you know an absolute haul for those guys, um, if they want to keep them and, and continue to build around them, um, that that obviously works too. And so, while I definitely don't have a ton of faith in management to put you know, the, the necessary pieces around those guys. The fact that those guys are already in house, I had to give them at least a two. Yeah. I also uh, gave them a two. All right. So next in, uh, I'm not going to reveal the scores until the end, by the way, Okay, so the overall ones. Uh, the next up then is conveniently the Cubs, uh, who I'd say we probably know a little bit more about. Um <laughs> I struggled to assign a roster score. That was hard to the, to the Cubs because there are some things that I really like. Um, their rotation is looking pretty damn good. SDRA uh, in the NL at the moment, I think. If not for uh, their big free agent signing, uh, this would would be an amazing. Uh, rotation. I mean, I guess you got to have someone who's your number five, but if the guy you're paying, what is he making a year? What was 18? that? Th- what was that? Five years? Seventy-five million? I thought it was four. Is it five? It was a seventy-five million dollar contract, right? 
for t- we're talking about Tyone, by the way. Yes. Four years, 68. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if he is your number five. Oh, he started starter, to turn a corner a little bit lately. Has he? I mean, he, yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, the point is, uh, I like their rotation. I guess I shouldn't just be, uh, I do like their rotation. Um, and there are some pieces uh, in the lineup that I like as well, obviously. Uh, but there's a lot of holes too. Um, and uh, I ended up giving them a two for the current roster. So I went three out of five. Yeah, that's uh, what I was torn between. And it's, I guess I was just had a more positive outlook on, on the current roster well, given that I, I like, like you said, I, you know, Swanson, I think they have a lot of pieces that are in place that are, are going to be on it, a contending team. The, the thing they're just missing is that, that, you know, centerpiece. And I think they actually, in the rotation, I think you can, you can go, go into, and who knows, obviously we're talking about these guys right now at, 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 a, at a peak level um, in terms of performance at this current moment in time. But I feel com- pretty comfortable going into um, a series right now with Stroman, Steele, and Hendricks as as a one, two, three. And um, Smiley. Like, and Smiley right, is right. four. Exactly. Yeah, so, so I really uh, I downgraded from a three to a two, though. And maybe this isn't fair, given that I have a column that's called future uh, based on my belief that some of those guys will not be in town after the by the time the trade deadline is over. So you didn't put any stock into Ricketts saying I, I view us as buyers at the moment. Well, if his quote ended with at the moment, then that's worth nothing. I mean, look, even if it didn't, it's worth nothing. These guys always say things that they okay but say well, their if, mind on. But sure they could, but they, if if things are which it seems like they're trending towards they're they're around 500 they're within five games of first place at the trade deadline then at the moment should be no different than what it will be at when it comes to actually make those decisions yeah all i'm saying is that one team gets hot and at the same time, the Cubs go on a five-game losing streak. All of a sudden, they're eight games out, and that is an immediate pivot to being sellers. I guess if I was the owner of the team and I didn't view us as I wasn't confident in us being buyers, or I was unsure, I probably just wouldn't have said anything like that, right? Well, and that's exactly why you're not the owner of a team. Well, no, I I haven't made my billion these, yet. That's why because these the guys the say these guys say stuff all the time when i when i make my billions then i can be the owner of a team yes they save they say stuff they completely contradict it with their actions three days later how many what was the last time an owner gave a coach a uh a vote of confidence and then within that month if not week they fire the manager like it's it happens all the time i know reinsdorf said we don't negotiate contracts we don't redo renegotiate contracts in the middle of them. And he, he meant that <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he's a man of his word. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so then what did you give since you went second, what did you give them for management? Uh, this was another tough one um, because I actually think I, 
I went, I was in between two and three. I went with a three again because I actually think Hoyer's, Hoyer's done a solid job. Um, and it's also, it's hard because the majority of what he's done has been tearing down, but the, the return he's gotten when, you know, moving Bryant, Rizzo and, and Baez was really, really strong. I like, you know, the signings that he's made so far. Um, Swanson seems like, um, He's, he's going to be a really, really solid piece. Uh, the 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 HAP extension I liked, even though seem, I know the the outfield prospects are a little crowded, but I really like him, um, and I think he's part of a contender or he's part of this team when it's ready to contend. The Stroman deal is is working out, you know, unbelievably. Um, so it's it's hard for me to to grade Hoyer just because he's that well, they've been doing more tearing down and i i do think it's easier to to tear down and accumulate than it is to build back up um and then ross i i who knows because he's been the majority of the time he's been here they haven't really been a contender um so it's hard to to again um grade him oh and the other thing i wanted to say about horror that i like is it seems like they've they have a knack for signing these these cheap um bullpen guys and flipping them for for solid prospects the way that they did with um, Robertson, Fulmer had a bad start, but he's starting to come around. Like they've they've had a knack for being able to do that too. Um, so I went three out of five on that. Okay, I actually went four out of five. Okay, um, and because I like a lot of the, like I think that uh, Jared Banner, their farm director, seems to know what he's doing. Uh, I'm perhaps giving Hoyer more credit than he's generally gotten for the 2016 team. Um, You know, he, he is nominally been running the organization, right? He, he, I don't remember when Jed gave him the title of GM, but it was before 2016, right? When and Jed he, got Jed, when uh, when Theo gave him the title, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and I, I Theo gets all of the credit, and I'm guessing that that's not the way uh, that it should be. So in my eyes, like this is yes, they lost the guy at the top, but this is the only management team that's uh, won a championship. Um, like you said, I don't really know how Ross is as a manager. He seemed okay. Uh, to me, um, he might be better than that. Uh, and they have they have an ownership group that's less actively bad. Yes, and, and who have shown a willingness to to spend. And I listen; they haven't shown a willingness to, to to go to, to that sort of yeah. that, that number one tier. But they have shown a willingness to go to that that you know tier right below that with with the Swanson signing. Uh, with the Hayward signing, with the Lester signing, with yes. um, you know Tyo in this summer, so right there is a degree to which they have been willing to commit to this team, and I do think that when push comes to shove, like they did with Lester, if this team really is staring them in in the face as a true contender, they are willing to spend on it. Yeah, and again, like they're I. These aren't people that politics I would, uh, and people hang, aside would not would want to hang out with, but yes, they are is a management team 
uh, they are less detrimental, or as an ownership team, they're less detrimental to management than our other owners are. Uh, and then for the future, I gave him a three. That surprises um, me just based on a four. Well, just based on how high you were on the prospect pool when we did, you know, that pot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe all I look, I'm already like, I'm already all over the place because I had the, I had them at a two or a three for the roster and I went two. I had them as a three or a four for future and I went three. So maybe I should have given them a four here just to, if I'm on the fence with two of them. Um, I think it's the, it's the thing that we, that you just said with like the, the um, Blackhawks, you are about to get Bedard. Yeah. The, the bears have their quarterback, I believe. Yeah. Right. So it's easier for me to give these guys grades that are a little higher. Um, I have a lot of hope that uh, PCA can come in and be a superstar, uh, but you just never know. It's certainly not where these other ones are. And like you said, they have some nice pieces. Um, I don't know if they have these franchise carrying pieces. And the other thing is that, yeah, they're, they are so outfielder heavy looking forward. Um, and, you know, maybe some of this is kind of sorting itself out is, uh i happened to go to a south bend uh cubs game and noticed that uh alcantara how does he pronounce they all pronounce that a little bit. yeah alcantara and i know there's alcantaras like a, and there's yeah, alcantaras know, yeah. he's an alcantara uh they have he's currently putting up like a 280 obp he just dropped yeah. out of the top 100 yeah in in a ball uh that's not usually a good sign uh he is very very young for the league still but uh, it's still a little concerning but anyway uh so that's why i ended up uh giving them a three and not a four we're completely aligned on this stole everything i was about to say i went three out of five what i wrote next to the the score was my concern for the cubs is that they lack a superstar and to really be elite you need a superstar in your lineup and while the cubs have spent in free agency it always seems like they're the tier below that superstar tier and while pc has the potential i'm still not sure it's back in carolina yeah all right so there we go uh that is the cubs which brings us to the bulls why don't you start with uh your roster score okay so the bulls i was caught between a two and a three and i went with the two because even though this roster has shown that they're at about a 500 team which means you would think it'd be about you know two and a half to a three they don't have it's it's the same issue with the cubs and it's it's more of a glaring issue in the nba which is that they don't have you know a guy who has the potential to be a superstar or you know superstar on that roster and so while you know levine is a really nice piece derozan's a nice piece vucevic is a nice piece caruso's a nice piece white's a nice piece williams is a nice piece and that core can max out at you know maybe anywhere from a six to an, an eight seed, which they've shown without that, that at least someone who, who gives you the hope that they can become a top 25 sort of asset. It's hard for me to put them higher than 
than a two out of five. Yeah, and I went two also. Um, in part, too, because it's like, who even knows if they're going to have Vooch or Kobe White next year? And I agree that those, uh, Vooch less so, but certainly uh, Kobe White is one of their pieces that I'm most excited about. Uh, I don't know how they're going to value him or how other teams are going to value him. Um, I'm definitely less high on Williams than you are. Uh, I, as I've said, perhaps in the last two podcasts, I think they need to tear this shit down um, without ball. And this roster it just doesn't work, doesn't work well together or not nearly as well as it could. And if your whole roster hinges on Lonzo ball to hold it together, that's a problem in itself. Yeah. Uh, And then for management, I also gave it a two and wondered if I was being too generous. Um, I think you are, but go ahead. I not a huge fan of AK. Uh, not a big fan of the owner. I'm not sure that maybe we who's the owner. Have we talked about this guy before? Uh, I'm not sure even about the coach. Actually, maybe I didn't put my Reinsdorf deduction in here. Maybe I should have been a one. All right, I'm gonna keep it as a two though, because that's what I wrote down. Um, you know, Donovan came in with a really good reputation. Uh but he hasn't really seemed to get the best out of any of the young players that they've had. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to judge, you know, coaches on like, they're so roster yes. dependent to yeah. me in the NBA, yep. but it's it, like, like you said, it does, hasn't seemed to, to get the most out of the young guys. And also they're the late game execution at times last year was, was really jarring to me. And I don't know if you, you watch them on a, on a game to game basis, but there was just times where like they in, in big spots, they just had like trouble inbounding the ball. And so like just stuff like that has, um, I don't know. It ha- I even loved the, the Donovan experience, but I, I don't really put a whole lot on him because you know, you can only play the, the hand you're dealt in. He's dealt yeah. a pretty average hand. Um, but I went, I went one out of five. Um, the Vooch trade when we've covered it, it's been a disaster. And I listen, there are moves I've liked. The Caruso signing and the DeRozan signing have, have both been great. He got a lot of shit for the DeRozan signing. Um, and that's been better than I think most people yeah. um, expected. Even the so, ball signing, it, it, you know, the, the track record was obviously iffy, but no one could have expected it to go this poorly. Yeah. Um, and so I, I give him some credit for the, the, you know, that team that he put together, but there's just too much bad. Um, not even including the Vooch trade, Williams, who was you know his his big pick at at number four overall, I do still have some hope for, but the odds are against him becoming a superstar for sure, or even you know a star. And it seems like he's more of like a high end rotation player if if things work out. Yeah. Terry was his other pick, um, and he didn't even play last year, and so it's hard to grade that. But I generally. And more confident rookies who are able to, see, you know, to see the the court near one, um, and then he struggled to add any sort of shooting to the roster, so that's that's been tough. He gave Donovan an extension when I don't know what Donovan did to to deserve one. Yeah. Um. So all this stuff on top of the fact that it's Reinsdorf, I I went I went one out of five. 
Okay. And then uh, what did you give for future? So I gave the future a two out of five, which is only because I think that they have the pieces if they choose to, to, to blow it up, which I think they should to really set themselves up actually kind of nicely in a rebuild. I think Levine Caruso and DeRozan all have real value um, and can net you, you know, a nice haul to, to reset things. Um, not only if you saw what, what Washington just did, where they didn't even get, you know, they were in, a, I think, a worse position than the Bulls with Beal having a no trade clause. Yeah. And, and Porzingis um, have, you know, not, he's, he was a free agent that decided to opt in. And they, they got, you know, what I actually think is a pretty, uh, you know, nice start to the rebuild and pool. And, you know, a bunch of second round picks in, in their situation was was 10 times worse than the Bulls. So I think the, the reason I went to is because if they do decide that they want to blow this thing, this thing up, they can set themselves nicely. While it pro- well, the reason it's probably going to end up being a one out of five is because it seems like they're likely to run it back with the current core. And if that's the case, then then we know what the future is going to be. And it's going to be a team that is around 40 wins and is in the play in. Um, and given how, you know the, that the East keeps, it seems like getting better. Um, this this roster has, has maxed out at what it can do. Yeah, I gave them a one for exactly the thing that you said, which is I have no faith that they will actually tear it down. Uh, as we've mentioned uh, on previous episodes, uh, that's what they should do. Um, because of my lack of faith in management, I don't think that's what they will do. And when you look at what they have, you know, they still owe San Antonio a pick. Uh, they have even fewer second rounders now uh, than they had when we reviewed all of this stuff. Uh, so I couldn't give them more than a one. Um, also, I they did, and I will say they it did just be like it was unlucky in the way that the Vooch picks ended up working out, where the year that they're yeah. good is the year that they're picking 18, and then the year that. Yep. Yeah, they misses so that also just was was bad luck along with the ball thing. Yeah. Um, but it is hard to to really be excited about that team at the moment. Yeah. All right. So uh the Blackhawks. Again, this is certainly not both of our weak spots for straight sure. in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh only because well, I gave them a one for a current roster. Okay, so yeah, um, I did the same because we're not, they haven't drafted yet. Yes. Once they drafted that, once they do draft, that will go up to a two, uh, probably. I know they made some moves today. Um, I gave them a one there. I gave them a two for management. Oh gosh. All right. So I gave the roster one out of five. They were the worst team in, in hockey last year. Yeah. I gave the management a four out of five. I really like what the management has done in, in setting themselves up at the rebuild. Davidson has made a lot of moves. I like getting two first round picks for Hagel for Tampa Bay. Um, given the player that, that Hagel is, I think was, was great for, to bring it that at a first round pick, they were able to successfully actually tank and I know you need a little bit of luck in that, but they set themselves up to be one of the worst teams and they executed on that. They just traded, you know, that Taylor Hall trade that came through today. Um, they're able to, you know, utilize their cap space 
um, to be sort of this haven for for teams trying to unload bigger contracts on guys that are slightly underperforming. So they're getting the upside of a guy who's won an MVP um, as recent as 28, 17, 18 season in Hall. Um, they've been able to sign guys like Max Domi last year, who are guys that they've taken in, have scored a bunch of points, and they're flipping them for assets at the deadline. So I like a lot of of what Davidson has done. Luke Richardson, I I don't know. It, I'll I'll be completely honest there. It's hard for me to to rank the uh, the coach of the Hawks. I don't really know the X's and O's of hockey that well. But you know they have the top ranked farm system in in hockey. So I've I I went four out of five because I think Davidson has done a really really nice job with with this rebuild. Yeah, and uh, I went two out of five because I think there's too many unknowns, and then there is the. Uh, that was also knocked down by a point because of the Wurtz, uh, gotcha. Wurtz family. And I, I, it's for me, this is it, you, you know, this, we've talked about before this, my, my Blackhawks fandom has always lagged behind um, the Cubs, bears and bulls. Uh, and even when I always felt like, even though I knew more about the team than like by, I don't know, 95, 99% of fans, I always kind of felt like a bandwagon jumper for coming, you know, coming on board or like a, a that it wasn't, it wasn't real. Um, but everything that happened um, with the, oh, the 2010 team and the cover up, yeah, beach, um, just really put a bad taste in my mouth. And I know that they turned over pretty much everyone, but the, uh, the head at the top of this fish is still rotten. Um, so that's why I'm a two. I did give him a three for future. Uh, because in spite of all that, obviously they have a guy who seems to be the best prospect since McDavid, maybe. Um, certainly up there with Eichel and Hughes. Uh, He's in a different class than those guys. That's what it seems like. I'm just saying, like, he seems like that's a prospect. It, he is. He just is in a different class as a prospect. Yeah. Who knows what ends up happening? Yeah. But as a prospect, he is as good as as all the the top. You know, if you want to equate it to to football in in, in a, you know quarterback terms, he is on that Manning, um, Elway, Luck, Lawrence level. Yeah. Uh, I read a piece that said he was not quite that high. But I, I, he's certainly that's a piece that's going to get a lot of clicks, right? <laughs> that's true. Uh, but anyway, there's you're right. I mean, like, I, I think it's probably safe to say the best prospect since McDavid. Um, or but even if it's uh, he's still in the say he's uh, in Eichel or Hughes, that's still pretty damn good. Those are those were guys that Eichel just won a cup, Hughes was the best were, player on, on, a, the, on the boards of the. Sorry, I think I just lost you a second, but Eichel just won a cup on on uh, Vegas, and yep. Hughes is the best player on on New Jersey, who just you know had one of their best seasons in a while, made the playoffs, and I think won uh, a first round series. I went four out of five on future. I think Bedard is transformational as a prospect. Who knows how that ends up coming to fruition? And like I said, their 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 system is ranked, I think, number one once it adds Bedard. Um, and the only reason I, I didn't give it a five out of five for future is because they, they just lack any sort of real talent at the NHL level. 
So it's hard um, to put all the stock into um, just that, that, that system. But when you get a player as transformational as it seems like Bedard is going to be, it just, it sets you up so unbelievably well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that our first hockey talk? Is it? Um, yeah, maybe it is. Other than when have. drafting and I, I picked Kane, I think that might be the first oh, no, time. That's true. <laughs> I think we mentioned, I mentioned at one point, I, well, it doesn't matter. I think I mentioned at one point that the, like I was not a, why we talked about my, my relationship Black with the Blackhawks. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So then lastly, and this is working out well, because I figured we would talk the most about them uh, is the bears. Uh, what do you give them for a current roster? Uh, three out of five, and that's there's no question that's primarily driven by Fields, and we've talked, you know, numerous times about what we both expect Fields to be, and that's basically a a star QB. Um, and when you have a star QB in the NFL, it it elevates the rest of the roster. Um, but even without Fields, there are a lot of I I still think there are a lot of positives on on the team. Um, regardless of you know how much you dislike the price for Edmonds. With him and Edwards, you're probably talking about one of the better linebacking cores in the league. Their weapons, I think, at this point, with Moore, Mooney, um, I'm really not liking a lot of what's coming out about Claypool, but I'll still throw him in there. Komet, and then the three running backs um, are probably around at, you know league average. Like if you had to rate them, I think they'd probably fall somewhere between 13 and 17 at this point. Um, I like some of the young pieces in their secondary. Brisker is a guy who I really think is awesome. Um, I still have faith in Gordon. I, I like Jalen Johnson a lot. Um, their line, both offense and defensive lines, are you know, still question marks. Um, but there are a lot of nice pieces on this roster. And then when you have Fields, who I expect to be a star, the only reason it's not a four out of five for me is because. Field still has to prove it, but once he does, I think it's going to go up another point. So right now, I'm I'm at three out of five. Uh, that is exactly what I am at. And look, I look at this team like, oh my god, they got so many holes. But the truth is, there. If you believe in Fields, their offense looks pretty damn good, right? Uh, that you have. You know, obviously the stuff about Claypool is is not good. And when you think about like, oh man, they could have had Joey Porter Jr. is probably going to be a real good uh, piece for a number of years to come with that pick. Uh, I, I expect him to be one of the top corners in the league probably at some point. Or a ton um, of other different wide receivers for the next four years. Yes. Uh, so that part's not good, but really this offense is almost a uh completed unit you could buy they might need to dive into the offensive lineman pool maybe they are still a tackle short we'll see how both those guys hold up this year uh maybe they're another interior lineman short but skill position wise they're looking pretty good uh the defense though is much more full of holes 
but when I really, I, you know, I'm like, oh man, there's so many holes in this defense, but really it's all up front. Um, all up front. If, if some of these guys in the secondary will really is corner at corner can pan out all of a sudden you're really, you're looking at uh, just needing uh, an edge rusher and you know, this, the stuff you're hearing about Decker, I'm hearing about Dexter. I mean, a lot of positives. Yeah. A lot of positives. Um, you know, it's the, the pads. Have still in shorts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's the, we, the, uh, my life is rife with examples of guys who wowed them in rookie well, camp, shorts and a t-shirt. Mini yeah. Camp. yeah. Uh, but the point is that maybe the defense is already a little bit ahead of where I've given them credit for because of the, just that line being and kind of still money mess. to spend in free agency. If they do yeah. decide for whatever reason, I don't know why they haven't decided yet, but they eventually come to the senses and sign one of these edge rushers who are still available. Yeah. So the roster, I also gave a three management. I, I struggled. Uh, this was probably the hardest grade for me to get two or a three is where I was. I was between. Um, they booted Ted Phillips, right? Yeah. He's, he's no longer involved. It's, it's uh, Kevin Warren. But it is still McCaskey, uh, the McCaskey family. She's still hanging on somehow. I don't think it's going to get any better, even when she's not. Um, Unless at least them selling. Yeah, that's true. Which I guess it might because I don't know. The estate maybe is getting so divvied up that exactly so much, and their entire net worth is wrapped up in the in the uh, team. Solid investment. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I did end up as I'm talking about, I'm like, why did I do this? I don't really have a good feel for, uh, Fluce, um, what he is like, I, I, he's kind of a, a black hole for sure. Yeah. What's that? He's a question mark for sure. Yeah. He's a question mark for sure. Uh, I would say, uh, pace his. Also, you know, what's our <laughs> polls? Ryan, <laughs> Ryan P. Uh, yeah. As I've joked before, Ryan P. Matt, Matt and, and Ryan. Matt and Matt name no one can pronounce correctly. Uh, it's completely un- it's been a constant for the last, I don't know, what is it, six years, seven years now? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Ryan Poles, uh, I think, has been a mixed bag. I don't like that he really didn't kind of address, he hasn't signed an edge rusher, didn't really seem to try to address either the the tackle position or, or offensive tackle position or some of the defensive line in free agency. Um, so I don't know. And actually, the more I talk about it, the more I'm lowering this to a two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's also what I, what I had. Um then I kind of want to just bump it up to a three so that we don't have the same exact score here. And you know, I, I'm going to. And the reason I'm going to bump it up to a three is because I could just flip flopped. I really, so I basically have the, the exact same. You know, polls has definitely been a mixed bag, um, but it's still, I think, too early to sort of see with that, especially given that the team's got two first round picks and a lot of cap space and no crazy financial commitments. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility there for him to still mold this team and shape this team how he wants. Flus, like you said, it, it is hard to, to really grade him when he 
first year was coaching a team that was set up to lose. But the reason I'm bumping up to a three is because I really like Luke Getze. And I think that Luke Getze showed last year a ton. Um, and that that them coming back from you know those four weeks having that mini buy after the Washington um, disaster of a game and then that offense coming back being totally changed and, and being one of the best offenses in football for about a you know a month stretch, a month plus stretch, um, with you know the pieces that were around fields was really really impressive to me, and I don't think Getzi has gotten enough credit for for how impressive that stretch was, given what this team is, um, and so I'm doing a plus one for for how much I like Luke Getzi, and he might not even be here in a year if if this team trends the way we we think it might. Yeah. Uh. Or he might not be here in a year. If, if it doesn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like either way, he might not be yes. here. In a year. Uh, and then what was your future grade? Four out of five. Um, and that's another grade that's dependent on fields. But um, you look at the, the the picks that I just mentioned, the, the flexibility with the cap space, um, and you look at, you know, a lot of what this what was driven by this grade for me was when you look at the rest of the division and the, the NFC, and I feel like in, in short order, Fields can be one of the best quarterbacks in definitely in the division and potentially in the conference. And you know, who knows how future drafts will, will end up changing that, but at least for the next few years, um I do feel like if Fields um ends up being the guy that I think he can. You'll have a top three, you know, you have the best quarterback in the North and, and a top three uh, quarterback in, in the NFC. And when you have one of those guys, it, it, it totally elevates, um, you know, what, what this team can do for a consistent period of time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also gave it a four you for future, um, Belief in fields, having that Carolina pick uh, next year, that makes a, that, you know, that could be a, a huge selection. Um, a seemingly pretty or somewhat consistent tendency to trade down more than up. Um, so it makes me think that uh, maybe there's going to be even more value in the draft going ahead. Um so yeah, I gave that a four. Now I already decided mid pod to just take an average instead of multiplying it in the point eight <laughs> because the one screw it up too much. You give a you give out a one and it really lowers everything because there's no when you're multiplying. But here here's what I was. I do feel like future should somehow be graded a little higher, just in terms of like that is kind of the most to me the most important score out of out of any of these um numbers and so i do think we need we need some sort of uh multiplier for future so maybe it's like a 1.2 multiplier for that's for... it is 1.2 because we could here wait. what do you think maybe a 1.5 multiplier for future i mean the problem is we're doing scores one through five so well give me what let, let's read Hold off on. let me just see what what do you want to hear what 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 we have, I think my, I, I, I mean, I tallied mine, but I, I, the bulls end up getting a five out of 15. 
for me. The Bears ended up getting a 10 out of 15 for me. Cubs, 9 out of 15. Hawks, 9 out of 15. And White Sox, 6 okay. out of 15. You're making a mess out of my out of anyone that's trying to listen because you did it in a completely different order than what we just did it in. All right, yes. Wait, you have the White Sox as a 6, right? Is that what you just said? I took the average. So your cumulative score, White Sox is a 2. For me, White Sox is a 2.3. R, okay. 2.3. Cubs, we both have is a 3. Bulls, we both have is a 1.7. Blackhawks is where we differed the most. Uh, you have it as a 3, and I have them as a 2. And we both have, I have the Bears as a 3, you have the Bears as a 3.3. Now, if we just give double, percent, which I'm just going to do, let's just count it twice, because that way it counts as much as roster and management combined, which is kind of present day. Right. So if we just double it, uh, and then we divide it by 4 instead of 3. Come on, you stupid thing. What just happened? That didn't work. By the way, this will still, I think, we'll see if this gets cut out in post, but this will still be more exciting than having to watch the NBA draft on Thursday. <laughs> this is still better. Listening, listening to this, this part of the pod. I can promise you that. Uh, this isn't working. Ah, right, who cares? This is what we're leaving. All right, so, um, who do you? All right, so you gave out three fours, two of them to the Blackhawks for management and future, uh, one to the Bears for future. Um, I gave out two fours, one to the Cubs management and one to the Bears for future. So your stack rankings are, uh, Bears. Blackhawks and Cubs tied, White Sox, Bulls. Mine go Bears and Cubs tied, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls. Uh, I would say we're probably both feeling the best about the Bears when I combine like how we feel about the teams and how we feel about the teams, meaning like how much we, how passionate we are about them. Yeah, uh, I would say we both feel the best about the Bears, uh, and pretty good about the Cubs, and the worst about the Bulls. And I would agree that that matches uh, how I feel. Just in looking at some of these numbers too, I think it's interesting. I gave management to every single team's management a two, except for the Cubs, who I gave a four. Uh, you had better distribution. Well, it's funny because uh, I I think if I had to bet on like if you say pick one of these teams that you feel in the next 10 years is going to win a championship i'd think i'd bet the blackhawks as... i was gonna say but that's because they that's because of the superstar factor right that well i mean a i've i've just i've seen it happen before yeah and b yeah it's it's the superstar and just the nature of the hockey playoffs where i feel like it's it can sort of just be you can just get in and it's such a crapshoot that that you know who knows you get a hot goalie for for a month and, and you've got bedard and and you just go on a run so i'd say that they're probably number one and even if i i do love fields as much as i do it's just it's hard for me to get they're the bears and you feel like with the bears what what can't go wrong will go wrong 
Well, and it's also it's also just because we haven't seen it. It's hard to envision him staring down Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, right, or even Josh Allen, like in a Super Bowl. Right. Um, but the thing is, he won't have to stare any of those guys down until they get to the Super Bowl. No, but is, my point is that, like, I, yes, I think with you go toe to toe with those guys, yes, yeah, it's just harder to. It, it is just harder. Whereas that that one true superstar on the ice in hockey uh, can make such a huge difference, and I think they are um, similar to the to the Bears. I guess they're they're very much kind of a blank slate which is always kind of easier to paint them into something than it is to look at the bulls and be like, how are they ever going to pull this off? Right. All, All right. right. I, th- I think that's well, probably pretty good. Yeah. All right. Was that, there anything else that, uh, no, you wanted to say that's all I've got. It is, it is tough right now. Um, that we don't have a single five for any team in you know you've got five teams in the city and you can't you can't have one that has a single five in any aspect is is kind of depressing. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't even. My guess is, even though I use them as the example, like if I were an actual Chiefs fan, I'd probably be like, yeah, I don't want Reed's uh, time management is that good. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a four, and yeah, you know, they traded away too many picks, and uh, in order to get. Uh, Kadarius Tony or whoever they have is even on them. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, so it is hard to know. I think that I generally, um, I'm a pretty stingy grader. I think for the most part. Uh, but yeah, it is. Um, it's hard to get behind. It's just a rough time of year to be a sports fan right now, too. I mean, just like there's only baseball right now. Right, and the the Cubs are certainly playing uh, better over the last uh, maybe. That is an understatement for sure. Two weeks, um, some exciting things happening, uh, but it's it's just a little rough. Yeah. All right. So that is the Stark and Cope Chicago Sports Show. Uh, thank you for listening, and please join us again next week when we'll figure out something else to do. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. Thank you.